Hey, everybody. You've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. Hey, this is Josh. It is Tuesday, August 8th, 2023. With the grand return of Andrew. Yay. Yeah. I'm, back. I'm <laughs> still <laughs> alive. If you blinked, you'd think it was two years ago or I don't know. Yeah. How time works? <laughs> he was on a mission. Yeah. I was just thinking about it was, I can't remember now, but it had been like six years or whatever since I was on the podcast the first time. And so I was like thinking about that first one where I was all like meek and like <laughs> in the corner and like, and then now I'm just a real loud mouth like I always was. So it's kind of come a long way. Real shock jock. Yeah, it's been good. Here, before we start talking about this week's movies, I forgot to mention something last week that I think is so funny. So one of the Canadian movies we are currently screening is called Sudden Fury. Right. If I post this fast enough, it may actually be on screen if you listen to it right away. But there's this weird thing on the poster for Sudden Fury, 1976, just a box at the bottom. And it says, this is one movie you should see from the beginning. Wait, wait, this wait. This is one movie. Positively, no one admitted during the last 15 minutes. Wait a minute. So you could show up in the 16th minute to <laughs> yeah. go. If you show up with 20 minutes to go, yeah, it's fine. So wait, I love how, first of all, it's like, this is one movie you should see from the beginning. Having said that, you can show up an hour or so in and, and we'll still let you in. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know what that tag means were they just letting people in with half an hour to go and being like yeah that's fine i thought it was just like if you'll pay full price then who cares when you come like yeah i mean often people will show up a little late and i always feel bad because i always say to me it's like not reading the first 20 pages of a book you know (laughs) but they'll say oh can i still come in late and we're like yeah but you've missed 10 minutes for this poster to say you won't be admitted in the last 15 minutes i'm so confused by the whole thing and I mean, Psycho did the same thing. I, that's what I was thinking. I yeah. think it's they're kind of ripping off the Psycho yeah. tagline. But maybe still. Psycho was the first to do that. It could. Be. I know Suspiria references it, but they don't say like we won't let you in. They're just like, oh, the only thing scarier than the first whatever hour is the last twelve minutes or something like that. And you're like, okay. There's a lot of movies back in the day that kind of used a variation of that tagline, like. No one will be admitted during the last yeah. 15 minutes or whatever. Or is it because a lot of Grindhouse stuff used to be triple bills or whatever? And so maybe you might walk in halfway through a movie? Somebody told me something about that once where back in the day, you might just go and to get out of the heat, you yeah. would walk into a movie halfway through. So maybe you'd walk in halfway through Sudden Fury oh, man. and then stay for the next two movies or whatever. Probably. Yeah. I wandered in with my brother during a horse movie when Andrew was working one time because we were waiting for Targ to let us in. <laughs> and we, we had. Oh, them. I remember that. Yeah, and they were like going to text us when they were ready and it was super hot out. So I was like, well, do you want to duck into the theater? I was like, this. I've built up all this goodwill so that we can duck into a theater for 10 minutes. And it was some prestige type horsey movie. We'd had a couple of beers, you know, and we're just sitting there. And I was like, man, this is... I don't know what the hell's going on, but this is kind of fun. Like it really, out of context, I'd like to do that more. Just pop into 10 minutes of the middle of a random movie and just be like, okay, so what the hell's going on? Well, it's so hard, but I love walking into a movie knowing absolutely nothing about it. And this was a million years ago, but I did that with Run Lola Run, where all I knew about Run Lola Run was there was a cool looking punk redhead on the poster. Named Lola. Named Lola, I assume. Who possibly runs. Yeah, but oh, and that movie blew me away. So I like it every once in a while when you can do that. It's so hard now because, you know, the constant complaint about trailers giving too much away or we live in the age of you don't even mean to and you blink and you see some social media thing that totally ruins something in a movie. But, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love going in just not knowing anything about a movie 
Yeah, I've been trying to avoid trailers, but certain stuff, it's very hard for me, like Star Wars-y stuff or like a Meg 2 type thing, which was excellent, by the way. <laughs> don't listen to the bad reviews. I don't know. That kind of annoyed me, I have to say. I avoided any reviews going in. I saw it the second day. And then right after it was over, actually, my wife's friend before we went in was like, oh, you know about the Rotten Tomatoes rating or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I do not. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll tell you afterwards. So afterwards, she was like, apparently it's at zero. And I was like, okay. And How I was, is that even possible? It's now not at zero, but I guess it's just, I don't know, maybe it only had one review or two bad reviews. I don't know, but I was just like, you're telling me there was nothing at all in this giant shark movie that you found redeeming, like nothing at all. You knew what this was going in, and you found no pleasure of anything at all. Nothing in that movie sparked any ounce of joy. Like It's stuff like that that just annoys the shit out of me. You don't have to love The Meg or The Meg 2, but if you saw The Meg or you saw the trailer for either of them, and then you go and you watch this movie, it's exactly what you think it is. How like curmudgeon yeah, 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 well, you know, exactly. And I'm like, how curmudgeon do you have to be to not enjoy yourself at all? Like, it's a dumb movie, but it's so fun. That's what I was talking about recently where the critic went into Army of Darkness and tore apart Army of Darkness. And I'm like, did you think you were coming to see The Godfather or something? Clearly, this is a campy, fun movie. That's why I just, I don't care about critics. And it's hypocritical of me because I use critics on our website all the time to pull quotes for movies and stuff like that. It just doesn't make sense. Siskel and Ebert disagreed all the time. (laughs) Comically. (laughs) Yeah. So if movies are objective, why do we care what critics think? You can find a critic you like who writes well and you're interested in their opinion, but it's always different. And I remember in the age of Entertainment Weekly, there was stuff where I can't remember the movie, but there was a movie that was on one critic's top 10 list and the other critic's (laughs) bottom list. (laughs) You can't you can't not go see a movie you're interested in because it has some bad reviews. Especially those guys. Like I find I'm sure Andrew's the same way. Like every year that they would do the Siskel and Ebert worst of list, I'm always like, yeah. Okay, I liked at least three of those movies. They're not high art like the relic or, you know, something like that. Deep rising or whatever, where you're just mm-hmm. like Again, kind of, you know, you're just like, what did you think this would be? Oh, wait a minute. That giant creature movie, you know, where they were going on yeah. a jet ski in a ship. <laughs> that, that wasn't very good. You're like, well, it's not supposed to be like high art. Well, they used to do Dog of the Week back oh, in yeah. the late 70s and early 80s. And they were always exploitation movies. Mm-hmm. And then they stopped doing that. I don't know why they stopped. Because it was mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes those movies that they picked on Dog of the Week were actually kind of good. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure got it publicity. Probably a lot of yeah. people went to see them because they were on there, even if it was a negative review. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a different time because they sometimes it'd be funny to watch. They'd be like, this week's Dog of the Week is a movie that I've already seen because those exploitation movies, what they'd always do kind of a bait and switch. They'd release a movie in like 1973. And then they'd re-release it a couple years later under a different title oh, with a yeah. completely new ad campaign. <laughs> That's totally misleading. I love that. Yeah. And they point that out on the show. Like, this movie, uh, Satan's Playthings, is actually a, a British thriller from 1971 that was originally called, you know, whatever. And it just shows you, like, how funny... Back in the day, ad campaigns were where they just lie to you. They just lie to you. Yeah, I was reading one last night because they just announced Funeral Home, the 1980 Canadian actually horror movie is finally getting a Blu-ray. I haven't seen that. But I, I Tarantino's I a huge fan of that movie. I could. I've heard good things, and like apparently it was originally called like Cries in the Night, I think, in 1980, and then it was re-released in 1982, I think, as Funeral Home. 
or maybe it's the opposite of that. But anyway, but yeah, so it's confusing when you're looking it up because you're like, okay, so was it 1982? Is it 1980? Is it 78? Is it 83? Like you never really know with this stuff. And for that one, like the print has been lost for so long that apparently that's why it was only just pan and scan DVD stuff. So there's people are kind of fingers crossed that maybe they found a print and it'll get a nice Blu-ray. And I mean, that's exactly the kind of stuff that we might show, like exactly like a, a Sudden Fury or something like that, where you're like, oh, hey, it's Canadian and it looks real good now and we can finally get access to it. So all these Canadian movies that we're showing, these classic Canadian movies, yeah. they were remastered by an American company. Yeah, right? yeah. Is it AGFA or is it Canadian well, International Pictures? There's a couple that are Canadian International Pictures because they're the ones who I think have instigated getting the filmmakers to drop by for a visit. Mm -hmm. And then a couple are AGFA. But one of them made a tweet about it, and it is a Canadian distributor. It's like, I think three out of four of them are Canadian distributor. Oh, cool. But then in the States, it's AGFA for them or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they're all of them. It's so funny how the ongoing writers and actors strike going on where you don't want to make light of any trouble that all those folks are going through. But there is the thing of, yeah, if everyone stopped making movies for a couple of years, I'd still have plenty to catch up on. Yeah. Because the four that we're screening, I've never seen any of them. And places like Agfa and Vinegar Syndrome just keep unearthing these movies that haven't been on screens for decades, probably. Yeah, it's such a cool vibe. It's like a real drive-in channel sort of feel, except, you know, pristine looking. Well, even we watched Alligator, mm -hmm. which is a bit more of a famous one and has been out on DVD and Blu-ray and everything. But we watched, I think, the Agfa restoration. And holy cow, it looked like we were watching it day one, mint condition, brand new print. And it's hard to argue against digital technology just for that. Because say it didn't exist and we just had to use an old print from the 80s. It would not look that good. And that one was actually hard to get for a long time. They eventually did put out a pretty nice DVD of it years back. But yeah. after that, there was nothing. I think there was like a Italian Blu-ray that was just clearly like an upscale kind of thing. There wasn't like a real nice one. And it was, I think it was a rights issue or something like that. So once they announced that they were doing it, it was crazy. Like the DVD was going for over a hundred bucks and I had it too. And I was like, I wonder if I should sell my DVD. And then they announced the Blu-ray. I was like, well, back down to $5. Missed your shot. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. That stuff's all weird out of print and gouging collectors and everything it's such a weird vibe and especially like those people who finally drop on the dvd and then they announce the blu-ray the next day or something you're like oh take that greed yeah <laughs> no not that movie no that was greedy was that the movie with michael j fox oh, or is yeah. it greed i like that movie we've been having a lot of i think new customers in thanks to just programming like asteroid city's been getting a lot of people in but it's always funny because people walk in and you think this place has been here since 1932 but people walk in and they still do that. What screen is it on? And I'm like, oh, just the one. You'll figure it out. Where do I sit? Yeah. <laughs> and one young couple came in. I think it was for Asteroid City. Oh, no, sorry. It was for complete opposite. It was for Evil Dead Rise. <laughs> but oh, okay. I remember that because I chatted with them afterwards and they both really liked it. But she said the weird thing of, do you sell popcorn here? I just be as polite as I can and be like, yep, just around the corner. Candy bar. You can get Coke and candy and whatever. Follow your nose. But like, <laughs> is there a cinema anywhere that doesn't sell popcorn? <laughs> Even a fake cinema, like if it's like a community center doing an yeah. event or an outdoor screening, they'll have a little thing or they'll bring pre-popped popcorn. For sure, yeah. In the history of humankind, <laughs> is there a cinema that's like, yeah, we don't think this popcorn is going to fly. Yeah, even at the McKellar Community Center where I grew up in a town of probably 300 people is what it felt yeah, like anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they would have like a bag of corn that you're just... I think legally you have to have popcorn you if yeah. you're showing a movie. <laughs> and then I heard 
the marker in the corner and she said, is this where you get the popcorn? And it was like, it's right there. And Gwen had said she had wished that Eric was in the candy bar just to give a sarcastic retort. Yeah, because it's not it's not a big cinema and there's not a lot of there's really nowhere else you could go for popcorn. And you can smell it. Like, yeah, like, oh, man, we love people. I'm always like actually asking the question, you know, like, is there an actual working cinema somewhere out there that's like, nah, we just sell chocolate bars. We didn't bother with popcorn. I don't think so. They would at least get like gross pre-made boxed popcorn or something. Yeah, and like anytime we've had something like that happen, because I remember I think the one in Armprior, the theater, something like that, they had a flood or whatever, and so they couldn't sell popcorn. I think that's the only time we've ever heard oh, of it. Yeah, where it's yeah. like literally you can't open the theater, so we can't make corn for you. And we had somebody. It's so funny nowadays. Instead of just emailing or asking, they made an actual little TikTok video saying they didn't like the sound in Asteroid City. Here? Well, I'm still confused. They tagged us, but I don't know if they tagged us and then they just tagged like a bunch of other places. That's confusing. And I should have just shut up, but... Oh, no. But it was just like, oh, maybe they actually came here. So I said, oh, Oh, is that a Mayfair complaint? Because if so, we'll get someone to look into it. And I couldn't get a straight answer, but I just said, it's strange because say if we had a screening and 15 people came out and were like, the sound's weird in that, or... I saw it and Lee saw it and I think Andrew saw it. If somebody had said something sounds weird, I saw it with my wife who is a sound technician. So <laughs> all I said was that, oh, well, we haven't had any other complaints, but I will ask our projectionist about it. And they didn't like that answer. What? <laughs> what else is there to say? They said, oh, well, you've had one complaint with a smiley face. So I thought, okay, or no, an, an LOL. And so I said, ah, well, you know, one out of a thousand ain't bad, smiley face. Oh, boy. And they didn't like that at all. Yeah, really? (laughs) And I just said back, oh, well, I wasn't trying to be rude. You did an LOL and I did a smiley face. I thought we were all on good terms here, you know? (laughs) And that was the end of it. They said... Oh, it is not the end of it, No, no. (laughs) That is not. There's a sniper outside my house. Going forward, we have screened it since then with no complaints. I have asked some of our patrons. I was here for one of the screenings working. No complaints. My friends went on Friday and said nothing. Yeah. So at that point, you're just like, you know, you want to help the customer. You want to be nice. But there's a point where if once every 10 years someone complains about the popcorn, we're not going to change the recipe, you know? Yeah. So Smiley Angry Face made the TikTok video or was that a second person who was... That's the person who made the video. Okay. I thought they were going to be like... Screw you, old man. Make a TikTok to reply if you want to talk to me or something. Yeah, I only communicate in TikToks. Yeah. Wow. That is... But a, I genuinely was oh. going in just trying to be helpful. And then when I saw the LOL, went, okay, they're laughing. And I said well, a little thing back. And then it was not good. Sometimes they're not laughing. I, <laughs> no. I mean, I've, I've used... That LOL so, was a lie. I have LOL'd when I have not LOL'd. I, I gotta tell you. out lie. That's what it's doing. Yeah. It's a real shame. I, I don't know. I love the story. I gotta say. I need to point out that you're wearing a hat which is very strange to me. I always wear this hat when I'm walking. It protects my head from the sun. And you have a dog here too, which we haven't pointed out. And the fact that you haven't heard a dog is like impressive. And also crazy is I might be getting a dog. Yeah. Oh, wow. So by next podcast, I'll know whether or not we got the dog or not. But it's just been a weird dog-centric couple of days. I brought Barda because... Gwen is camping at the moment and she Ooh, was what? so traumatized by Gwen leaving yesterday. Oh my god. She was on the balcony just yelling, Don't leave me, don't leave me. That was you. Yeah, yeah, I did it. No, when Gwen's gone, I just like listen to a lot of Coldplay and look out at rainy windows, you know. And she's like, hasn't left yet? And you're like, No, no, I'm just getting ready. <laughs> I'm getting you know? ready. I know what it's gonna be like. And 
I often bring Barda in for like my church shift or if we're watching a private movie or something. So I was like, I'll bring her in, you know, so she's not home alone for a couple hours. And she's really good watching a movie. She'll just sit beside me and sleep. Even Gwen and I have snuck in a couple times during like COVID times and watched a really loud movie. And she's like sleeping on the chair beside us. So, but so if you hear a little rattle shake, that's her harness, but she's been really good. She barked at Eric. (laughs) Oh, she lost her mind. Did not bark at Andrew. Not at all. I'm not the slightest. I'm not pointing out what that means. (laughs) I I didn't even go near her. Maybe you shouldn't get a dog. I don't know. Not that dog anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I leaned down, you know, and I, the hand out and everything and like smell me. I didn't say smell me. Like I felt weird. And it uh, was just very barky and angry, maybe. Although she didn't really seem angry. She kind of just seemed like annoyed with me. Her tail is often wagging when she's barking at somebody, but she's Chihuahua Terrier. Mm. And smarter dog people than I have said, her tail's wagging. She's basically saying like, hi, 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 how are you? But she's dumb, so she's Uh. barking at you. Yeah, you know. she has a small head, but I didn't want to suggest anything intelligence-wise because I'm, I'm obviously angry that she didn't <laughs> like me. So, yeah. But anyway, your dog's dumb and I hate her. <laughs> no, no, she, it's a very cute dog. I have nothing against the dog. The dog you might get looks like Miss Piggy's dog. Yeah, and, and also a small-headed dog, so it's not like, yeah. you know. But people keep telling me it's a smart dog. If it was smart, it wouldn't need a home. I, no, that's, <laughs> that's not nice. But no, nah, it's a long story short. It's It needs a, a stable home environment, and my sister-in-laws have not been able to provide that. And so I'm like, oh, my God, we just lost the cat. Didn't really think I'd be getting a dog. But Emily's always wanted a dog. And I mean, I, I like dogs. I've had dogs, you know. It's just situational. And it's know? a dog the size of a cat. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm like, well, maybe Patrick will get along with it. Like, yeah. Patrick needs a playmate. And I'm like, he didn't get along with the other time we tried to get a cat for him. So maybe, you know, switch it up. Bring yeah. a dog. I don't yeah. know. Be confused. Be like, this cat looks weird. Yeah. I don't, I'm don't. i really not sure what to think. So it's like, that'll be that'll be Saturday if it happens. The same day as cartoons. So oh. I don't know. Actually, I, I suspect I would be at cartoons while Emily gets the dog. And I'll come home to a dog. A I surprise. Know. That would be nice. Or I'll come home to nothing and just be like, well, I hyped myself up for four days and now I'm mad again. <laughs> I remember there was a cinema in Carlton Place. I don't think it's there anymore. Was was it a church? Yeah, it was like a church basement. My parents used to go to that. This old man ran it. He always had his dog at the end of the hall. Okay. Big dog just lying there, just at the end of the hall. It was uh, was like this tiny, it was like a tiny, I think it was three screens that he had. Three? Tiny little hallway and three screens. Little tiny candy bar and he always had his, he always had a big dog like just lying on a bed like that. Yeah. See, that's my goal. I want to be like the old guy at a bookshop with like a cat with on. With the dog there. Yeah. yeah. Or the cat. So, so yeah. she's small enough. We could put her on the counter where people come in to buy tickets. During one of the churches that we have church every Sunday morning, a rental. And I brought her once. I brought her a couple times. And it's so funny how people care so much more about dogs than you because they spotted her and were like, oh, puppy. And she was cool. She was sitting on my lap as they were walking in. And then the next week I didn't bring her. And everyone's like, where's the dog? (laughs) You're saying the dog didn't bark? No, dog was good with the church people. (laughs) So stupid. And then the church people kept coming into my private screening. Oh, that was funny. On on Sunday morning, because it was the first time there wasn't church. And it did say on the website where the new location was, which I know because I'm a good guy and I looked it up. And secretly, I just wanted people to stay and watch the movie, even though I knew they would. I was like, it's a little violent, but, you know, it's it's fun. You know, the Bible's violent, too. So For the month of August. (laughs) Enjoy Booparama. Yeah. (laughs) Our church goes off and does outdoor church for the month bad for us we missed those rentals yeah but good for us is we could do stuff like sneak in for your birthday movie yeah which was great but it just yeah four only four people that we know I and mean, we we locked the door after yeah, that could have been more but yeah that was kind of hilarious just people i just was here like hello 
Hello. Yeah. And I was like, what <laughs> like, the hell is that? Those aren't my friends. And then it was just like a family. I was like, hey, yeah. And they're like, is this church? I'm like, and it's a form of church. But you should have just been like, yeah, there's a two hour prologue when we watch a movie. Yeah. The Church of Cage, as yeah. I call it, you know. So, yeah, they didn't, they wouldn't have stayed, I got to think. No. <laughs> but it was fun. Okay, let's hop in and start talking about the movies we have the week of Friday, August 11th, because we have like seven things this week. That's good, right? Yeah, it's just a packed week because it's two one-night-only things mm. and a couple of special screenings. Oh, that reminds me, The Breen is coming up. I don't want to get ahead of myself. No, don't get ahead of yourself. Getting that hype going. But we have two movies for the full week, two newer films for the full 11th through the 17th. One is a acclaimed Canadian film called North of Normal. After being raised in the wilderness, a teenage girl moves to the city hoping for a normal life with her anything but normal mother. Oh. It's a wacky misadventure. <laughs> I was going to say, hijinks ensue, I hope. Yeah. It's a fun looking poster. I will say, like, knowing nothing about the movie, looking at the poster, I was like, all right, what's going on? You got a fun old time van and you're in a nice picturesque area. What's going on? We got some laughs. Yeah, it looks like a nice little Canadian dramedy. Yeah, I'm into it, knowing very little apart from that they had a cool 60s looking van. So I'm like, all right, you seem okay. Then we have returning the Miracle Club for a second week. Is this the church singing nice British film or is that was that yeah, Kathy, Kathy Bates and oh, yes. Maggie Smith? Yep. And the mum from Ozark. Okay. Okay. And Laura uh, Linney. Laura Linney. Yep. Wait, Last... that's how he said Laura Linney? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> you, that's anyway. Laura Linney? She's been in like, no, not you. I met him. He's like, he remembers her from that. And well, that's like, the what? most recent thing I saw her in. Yeah. All right. I'll allow it. But we were chatting about it a couple weeks ago when we had it for the first week. Eric was like, isn't this three other movies we've screened? We like, for sure. It's a subgenre. Yeah, of, I never like, figured out what the movie was. but Blue yeah. collar British misadventure. And it's usually band related or in one case stripper related. Yeah. They got to save the church or the community center. Yeah. But there's one called Brassed Off with Ewan McGregor. Right. That's Wow. That's a deep, minors, deep cut. Not kids, but minors have a band i remember the vhs of that when i was a preteen. i never did see it but well even the isn't there a haircut one there's a haircut one yeah, there, yeah. And then there, what's the mountain one they got to build a mountain uh, colomini and has to build a mountain oh, with God, uh yeah. hugh grant the oh englishman who went up a mountain or something yeah i don't know yeah. why they got to build a mountain yeah you nailed it. <laughs> this is why we need andrew because i was like wow i was not gonna remember that even the commitments kind of falls under that even though it's a little less wacky it's more of just like a band Good soundtrack, too. Yeah. But this has done really well. This is kind of... The Mayfair is so funny because we have many different patrons, but we have this these like two distinct sides of the Miracle Club or The Room or like The Miracle Club or a crazy horror film. <laughs> so we don't just appeal to one mindset. We kind of have a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah, Miracle Club or Suicide Club. Yeah. <laughs> Which it wasn't really a great movie, but you know, I saw it. And then speaking of a very different type of film, I'm really interested in this one and try not to get too many spoilies, even though I've seen the movie it's based <laughs> off of, but it's called Final Cut. It's a film from France, bizarrely from the director of The Artist. The Oscar winning? The Oscar winning yeah. director Best of picture, The Artist. I believe. It's about a film crew making a zombie movie and then zombie stuff starts happening. It's based off of One Cut of the Dead, which wasn't that long ago. No. Like a year ago? Maybe. Well, I, I it's was pandemic time, though. I read the synopsis of this, and I'm like, this sounds really familiar. Yeah. Is this a yeah. remake? For and, sure. and it, it's a remake of 
One Cut of the Dead? One Cut yeah. of the Dead. Yeah. Okay, French which remake. Showed. I, like I said, I'm trying not to look at too much, but supposedly much of it is like a shot-for-shot shot remake, but then there's some kind of meta aspect to it. So I think it might actually be canonical with it like i think maybe so one this, cut of the dead might exist in this universe yeah like okay. this french filmmaker saw one cut of the dead in his universe and then makes a zombie movie okay that might be okay because i didn't want i was like if this is just like gus van sant's psycho i don't know if no I'm I, th- I think there's something to it okay at the cesar awards Ooh. it won best adapted screenplay at fantasia it won it was up for a few others but it won best motion picture score Oh, that's not what I expected you to say. No, but that's yeah, cool. it's, it's <laughs> weird. Like, you think it would win Best Effects or yeah. Horror Movie, but huh. Fantasia had nice things to say about it. That's good. Yeah, I'm really interested to see it because I really loved One Cut of the Dead. Yeah. And so strange. And it happens sometimes. Let the right one in and... Let me in. Let me in was really close. Yeah. I think, if I remember this correctly, we were Rep House style screening Let the Right One In while Let Me In was being promoted or advertised mm. so like that's how close the turnaround was on it yeah i think it was like two years all told but it took a while for it to come over here because it was yeah. foreign movies so yeah because sometimes we'll get like a 2022 movie in 2023 yeah. it's pretty crazy to me that we're getting a foreign language remake of a foreign language film before an english language remake and i think there is an english i thought there was yeah but which... there already is I mean, uh, on its way. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things where you're like, oh my God, by the time that comes out, I don't know. Do I need three versions of this? <laughs> yeah. But if they're all different, if they all do their own thing, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. It could be cool. It almost feels like the days before radio towers were more powerful and you would have a country western band and an R&B band and a rock and roll band and a solo artist all perform the same song mm-hmm. in different states because the other ones didn't reach each other and they'd all be out at the same time, but you wouldn't know. You'd just be like, no, this is this version of the song. And now these movies are happening so fast. You're like, wait, which one? Which one's the original one? Oh, and it's cool that it's it's in French, I'm presuming. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. So that's kind of fun. You know, it's always nice showing French stuff and it's sort of a horror movie. I mean, Yeah, that means comedy. it's highbrow. Yeah, thank you for, or not thank you for smoking. The other one, Smoking Sucks or whatever. Oh, Smoking Causes smoking Cancer. Cancer. Yeah. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, that was oh, really I fun. I that movie. Yeah, that was a really <laughs> fun movie. So then our cool Canadian cult classics film fest continues with East End Hustle. This one's exciting because the director will be in attendance what? on our Thursday night screening. No way. I forget if he's from here. Frank Vitale. Yeah, he might be from here or Montreal. He's I think some... he's from Montreal. Montreal, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where he made his films. So. Yeah. So somehow we tricked that guy into coming to visit us on that's the crazy. Thursday, so that'll be fun. Yeah. The plot of this movie is an ex-prostitute rescues one of her pimp's potential new recruits, beginning a deadly rivalry. It's presented by Troma. I don't think Troma produced it initially. No. But they have it now. It's in their database now. That's wild. And it's, yeah, just like kind of a gritty grindhouse Montreal film that, from what I've read, is very Montreal. All the landmarks and characters in specific bars or clubs or whatever like it's not one of those movies where it's like chicago pretending to be montreal i wonder if that flower factory is in it the five flowers or it's along the waterfront it's really cool looking and then so that's our second of this kind of long forgotten canadian film fest we're doing sudden fury was the first then the next week is the kid brother which i remember from when i was a kid of being like this canadian produced family film 
Uh, and then the hard part begins, the 50th anniversary of that movie. Starring the Danger Bay guy. The Danger yeah. Bay guy. That's <laughs> that, what I thought when I saw the photo. That intrigued like, me. I mean, like, that one sounds, they all sound good, but I was like, that one sounds really intriguing. Like, it could be uh, really It sort neat. of sounds like Crazy Heart. Yeah, it kind of does, eh? Like, I yeah. think of that. Danger Bay. He was also on Soap. Oh, was he really? Yeah. He, he was at, one of those Canadian actors where he'd do some... Like beachcombers? He must have done yeah, a Yeah, he'd do a lot, of, a lot of Canadian stuff, but also like he'd go to the States and do Adam 12 or something. Yeah, I remember seeing him late in his career on Battlestar or the Battlestar spinoff. So yeah, he's just he probably has like 200 credits going back to the 70s with when the Canadian entertainment industry was very different. Probably hasn't been on the big screen in quite some time. Yeah, I don't think so. Testament to that guy. And he's the lead in this. Probably didn't have that many leads in his. No, no. So yeah, I love seeing these weird old Canadian films that haven't been on a screen for decades. Mm. And it's from the director of Prom Night. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Paul Lynch. That's cool. And Humongous, which I haven't seen. Oh, I just referenced that two days ago, which is not that weird for me, I guess. But that one, that is very cool. But for the longest time, the only prints were so dark, you couldn't tell what the hell was going on. Uh And I think that might have been a dog of the week. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) If you go on YouTube, you can watch all the Disco Niebuhr dogs of the week. Somebody compiled them. And I'm pretty sure Humongous is one of them. We've been talking a lot about dogs this week. So it's actually like very pertinent material. Yeah. So then finally this week for our final regular presentation, we are screening a tribute to the late, great Paul Rubens mm. with Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Eagle-eyed Mayfair patrons might have seen that we very briefly had Big Top Pee-wee up there because Warner Brothers was like, nope, you can't screen Pee-wee's Big Adventure. But Paramount was okay with us screening Big Top Pee-wee. And nothing is Big Top Pee-wee. I was actually looking forward to it because I've never seen it on the big screen. But... Lee yelled at them and was like, come on, he died. You got to let us screen it. So in a real rarity, they're letting us pull Pee-wee's Big Adventure out of the vaults for a couple days. It really is one of my favorite movies of all time. That could be one of those Desert Island movies that I just would never get tired of. I saw it when I was a kid. I believe at the town cinema, the extinct town cinema, on a, a summer field trip with kids going to watch a movie. It's just so original and funny and weird. Paul Rubens just commits to that character it's tim burton's big breakthrough film yeah i just love it and it's such a fun movie to watch with a crowd Mm -hmm. yeah no that's gonna be it's it's a good upgrade they would have been good but yeah in some ways would have been more fun to have not the one people expect but then you're also like ah you know if we're if you're offering i'm hoping that maybe it does so gangbusters well that we have an excuse to maybe talk Lee into bringing in Big Top Pee-wee as well in a couple weeks or something. Yeah, and then we can do Mystery Man and Blow, you know, get the yeah, whole just keep going. the Rubens experience. <laughs> the first five minutes of Batman Returns. Cheech and Chong's next movie, isn't oh, he in man. that one too? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, that's such a good cameo, actually. Like oh, That's man. a good example, though, too. Like, him in The Blues Brothers, it's a nothing little role. And just the camera loves him, and he's so memorable in that little part. And that's the kind of actor he was, was whether he was front and center being Pee-wee or playing Penguin's dad in Batman Returns oh, that, or oh, man, yeah. in Blow or in Mystery Man. He was always really good and very diverse. A lot of different roles in there, despite that one legendary one front yeah. and center. Was Cheech and Chine the one where he's like, Bruce Springsteen, future rock and roll. Nah, he's messing it all up. It's all about new wave, new wave, <laughs> new wave. That might not be totally it, but uh, yeah, my I remember back in the day, my friend would always quote that bit if it's from that movie. And I'm just like, He's in Meatballs Part 2 as well. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. See, look at all this great... And that's Canadian too, isn't it? Yeah. No. Yeah. No? Uh, which one am no, I No, I then? think... There was one of those series... See, the Meatballs franchise... <laughs> yeah, so some is really be... <laughs> ...is really weird. There was Meatballs. 
I think Meatballs 2 is supposed to be something else. Okay. Oh. And then they just sort of cynically say, oh, I'll call it Meatballs Part 2. <laughs> I, like, it was probably... I know Meatballs 4 with Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman and an alien. <laughs> what? For real. No, no, an alien is in the second one. Oh, I thought Corey Feldman was in the alien one. No, Corey Feldman's in Meatballs 4. <laughs> I stand but corrected. But it, it wasn't <laughs> shot as Meatballs 4. It was shot as something what? else. Was Meatballs just... 3 shot as Meatballs 3, at least? <laughs> I That's think so, because hilarious. in Meatballs 3, they reference... Meatballs? Somebody's playing the Chris Makepeace character, I okay. think, in 3. That's hilarious. And they make reference to Bill Murray's character, like, oh, he retired. So I think maybe that's Meatballs 3 is the only true sequel to, to so Meatballs. Weird. So 1 and 3 is the Meatballs franchise, and 2 and yeah. 4 are just movies, basically. Yeah. Like, There's some other stuff like that. I think House, one of the sequels was yeah, three, not House. 3, yeah, the horror show. And then not quite the same thing, but Speed was supposed to be a Die Hard movie, and then... Really? Yeah, Speed was 100% supposed to be a Die Hard movie. Die Hard on a bus? Yeah, and Chain Reaction was uh, the Fugitive sequel. And then they but just then same they director. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Somewhere along the line, they were like, ah, Bruce Willis doesn't want to be in a bus. That stuff is hilarious <laughs> to me. That they, they literally just rewrite these things slightly, and you're just like, ah, it still works. Yeah, same thing. The, still points. The it? bus that wouldn't stop. <laughs> the last two one night only, one morning only things we have this week are bookended. It's a crazy day. So at 10 in the morning... You can come see Saturday morning cartoons with our buffet cereal and three hours of cartoons. And you should do that because it's do the that. best. And then stay all day. And then at 11 o'clock at night, come see Saturday Night Cinema, our free for members, members only secret grindhouse movie presentation. Which will be back to back with Pee Wee, I believe. Yeah, so that's great. But it's a weird day too. This is a real anomaly. Almost everything we're screening this week is 90 minutes. Where especially nowadays, we were talking about it before we started rolling, Barbie's two and a half hours, and the Batman's three hours, and Oppenheimer's three hours. Everything is so long. Our Saturday, August 12th, is Saturday Morning Cartoons, The Miracle Club, North of Normal, an encore of The Miracle Club, Pee Wee, and then Saturday Night Cinema. And the only reason we have that encore of Miracle Club in there is because everything's so short. It's all 90-minute stuff. So it's rare that we have six presentations in the same day. Mm. So, yeah, I think it'd be fun if somebody does. Eric, are you going to do Saturday morning cartoons and cinema? Uh, I mean, I'd like to. Do I want to say yes. I know, like, oh, God. Like, I mean, that would be really fun. That's a long, confusing day. Yeah. Uh, but maybe. <laughs> like, I've, I've missed the last two cinemas, and I kind of feel bad. When I'm not presenting it, it's a lot less pressure i guess yeah and then i'm just at home and comfortable so i'm like yeah 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 but i know it'll be good like he always brings it i, I had friends who went to the last one who were very entertained so you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah i would like to do that I, I can only imagine what he's gonna program with peewee so like that <laughs> that'll be worth the price alone yeah and everyone always asks me and i never know what's on never i don't know usually it's a blu-ray that somebody has brought at the last minute often they change their mind, something's happened or whatever. Yeah, so I don't know, but it's always fun. So that's our movies for the week of Saturday, August 11th. Extra stuff just thanks to a little tribute to Pee Wee and the cartoons and cinema. So a packed week filled with all kinds of cool things. I'm going to come see Pee Wee on Sunday night. Cinema's too late for you anyway. 
Yeah, and I'm going Saturday night. I'm working all day and then going to help out roller derby at nighttime. Oh, geez. Going to volunteer on their non-skate referee division. All right. Helping with their scorekeeping. Well, that'll be fun. It'll be, it's just like rollerball, I've understood. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, the remake. Yeah. <laughs> to be clear, the, the good one. <laughs> and yeah, of course, sadly, again, you know, we lost Paul Rubens. And then just yesterday, William Friedkin passed away. Mm, yeah. And one. I've already got people bugging me about if we're doing a tribute. And I'm like, I haven't heard anything from Lee, but I assume yes. Yeah, even I was like, play Sorcerer. We've played a print of it like back in the day, back yeah. when we showed prints. Sorcerer is one of the other owners, Ian's favorite movie, I think. Hmm. I think his favorite, favorite movie. And I never understood that the Mr. Plow referenced it in the scene on the oh, bridge. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I never put two and two together until yesterday when someone else pointed it out. And I was like, oh my God, like I never would have thought of that. Let's play Exorcist 3 just to make the ghost of William Friedkin furious. See, people love that one, though. <laughs> I, I mean, like it, too. That's a good one. Yeah, a lot of people love it. I don't know if everyone does, but that's one of those ones where every year more people love it. I love that in tribute to him on social media is just people posting interviews of him being grumpy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, he has some hilarious interviews. He's hilarious. He's like kind of like Grandpa Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like... Uh, In my day. All those older directors who just don't care. I just love it. Like, is it Lars von Trier that's like that too? Like, there's some of these oh, super probably. outspoken they're, dudes. Yeah, they're just opinionated and they don't... <laughs> yeah. But he, I think with him, it might have been a bit of an act. I think he liked handing yeah, it up and yeah. acting like super yeah inflammatory he, he might be a jerk so to you and then shake your hand off stage or something like that yeah yeah uh, you know like a lot of younger filmmakers had really nice things to say about him yeah like edgar wright no somebody posted on instagram uh an email no edgar wright edgar wright got like a nice apparently he was a william Friedkin was a fan of baby driver oh, okay hmm. and edgar wright posted on instagram a nice email from william Friedkin. oh cool congratulations <laughs> that's dope it's yeah. nice when somebody goes that extra mile because there's this distinction or there's this stereotype of like the old hermit filmmaker hiding away in the in the woods and like Obi Wan, <laughs> yeah, being grumpy about his career and yeah. not liking the kids today. And supposedly he finished one final movie. That's, oh wow, it, it's, really? It's like yeah, in post production right now, like wow. it's done apparently. So look forward to people hassling the hell out of you when they find out about I'm that. I'm sure we will get that a year from now. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even know what it is, but yeah, supposedly that's what I read. Is like he never stopped working. Well, we showed a documentary memory about him like a couple years ago yeah, oh, yeah. and uncut which yeah. is pretty cool i forgot about that yeah and that weird poltergeist one not poltergeist yeah, the, the weird exorcist the one. one about the quote-unquote real exorcist yeah uh, oh yes which was shot on like that was weird a vhs camcorder yeah oh my god i forgot about the, yeah i remember working that like those two movies like talk about movies that just seem like a fever dream where i'm like <laughs> yeah. if you told me you made that up i would have believed you but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we will have some freaking stuff. For sure, we'll screen The Exorcist in October. For sure, yeah, got to. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to our website and our social media. Everything's on there. And thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week to talk about more stuff that we're screening as summer wraps up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Oh, and next week we can find out whether I'm in the dog club or not. Oh, dare to dream. I want to be cool like Josh. Brothers is proud to present the story of a guy. Morning, I'm here. And his bike. James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. I say we kill it. Oh, 
Pee Wee Herman is Pee Wee Herman. Hello! <laughs> In Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Be sure and tell them Large Marge sent you. <laughs> what? Well, 